You are Locked On Wild, your Minnesota Wild, every day here on the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host, Joe Bully of ZoneCoverage.com. And with me is Tony Abbott of The Athletic Minnesota. Tony, how you doing? I'm doing really great. We have a real exciting guest for me and a, and a very special guest for me. About six years ago uh, today, I think it was six years. I'm pretty sure it was six years. Uh, I did my first uh, podcast way back, way back at Hockey Wilderness. And today we are on with uh, uh, my first ever podcast guest, the great Nate Wells of NCAA.com. It's been six years? Wow. It's crazy, isn't it? <laughs> oh, oh my flies. God, time has flown. I do remember that because uh, I remember setting that up by, uh, like, the XL uh, press box. But, yeah, man, oh, six years. <laughs> it has been, uh, it, it, it's been, uh, it, it's been a, a long time, and at the same time, it's been no time at all. But uh, we're really <laughs> glad to have you uh, with us today to, uh, to talk wild prospects, and, and Minnesota has got... Uh, I mean, they've been a, a real big NCAA te- team in terms of their uh, scouting and, and drafting and, and working the college free agent wires. So it always seems like there's some sort of NCAA connection going on with the Minnesota Wild at any given time. It, it really does. Um, yeah, they, they are really good with going into the uh, the college ranks. Um, last uh, few general managers, uh, I guess we'll see how... Uh, what uh, Bill Guerin has up his sleeve uh, in June, but I'm right now they got uh, about a half dozen or so uh, prospects right now in college. You got uh, three over in uh, uh, Boston College uh, with uh, first round pick Matt Boldy, Jack McBain, uh, Marshall Warren. I uh, got a couple in Minnesota, uh, in, in the state of Minnesota, not the Gophers themselves with uh, Nick Sweeney, Sam Hendage, and then. Um, I mean, first two picks last year with uh, Boldy and uh, Vladislav Firstov uh, were from the college ranks. And that's going back to like Luke Cunning was part of the uh, the NCAA. Zach Parisi a long time ago now was part of the NCAA. But uh, uh, lots of uh, NCAA connections on this team. And, um, you know, that was also a uh, – it seemed like a strategy that uh, Chuck Fletcher used to have for a long time was uh, not only was he using NCAA and, and – picking players then uh, in the, in the draft to we're going to go through the, uh, the college ranks, but uh, college free agents were another one that uh, he seemed to supplement his, um, I guess his, his, his rosters as well. I mean, you look back at like the Jordan Schraders, the, um, the Justin Fontaine's of the world too. That's the second time in like a less than a week that we brought up Justin Fontaine's name, but uh but yeah, the just those types of players that have uh, kind of seemed to fill in um, throughout the roster as well. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, first name that came to mind. We were talking to wild free agents: Christian Foline, uh, Nate Prosser. Yeah, another another one. I don't. That wouldn't be. Uh, that wasn't Fletcher, but uh, um, but they've certainly they certainly had the role uh, where they got guys going um, where where they have uh, players. Uh, where they're able to pick up those college free agents. They also like using the kind of the late round picks um, on college guys, letting them develop uh, mm-hmm. using all four years of their development uh, and hoping it pays off down the line. Um, so even thinking just going back again, like Naricala uh, was a seventh yeah. round oh my pick. Gosh. <laughs> um, and he, I think it took him, he had, he had three at an extra year before college and three years at, at uh, Minnesota. So yeah, it's always kind of just been, it's a nice strategy. Um, over the last 10 years, more and more college bound players have been drafted 
And yeah, it's uh, it certainly has been uh, college. Uh, over over a third of all players in the NHL are from play uh, NCAA, but uh, it certainly has been the backbone of uh, the Wild system uh, since just kind of uh, basically uh, since uh, Chuck Fletcher kind of took over and uh, going into uh, Fenton and also Bill Guerin does. And Bill Guerin was a college player himself, right? I think he was in one of the Boston schools. He was a BC Eagle. Yep. Yeah. So, uh, so you got to imagine that that's probably not going to stop anytime soon. Probably won't. No, I was going to say the last three, yeah, Fenton was BU and uh, Fletcher is a Harvard guy. So you, uh, we just need Northeastern one to uh, finish off the bean pot. <laughs> right. You, uh, you talked about the, um, the college players uh, and, and um, how many more are getting drafted in the, in the first round. But is, so is that a testament? Cause it seems like a lot of those guys lately, if they're not coming from Michigan or Minnesota, they're going right through that national team development program. Yeah, I would say it's a lot of testaments the last two drafts um, to just the success of uh, the U.S. development program. Um, and there's been just been a lot of really good players who've gone through them. Uh, well, I know we're going to try to talk about a little bit more about uh, this upcoming draft, um, which is a little bit more of a down year team wise with the U.S. But it just it speaks to um, general managers um, being more and more comfortable with American players, being more comfortable um seeing players from the development program, uh, the USHL, um, the Cana- uh, some of the Canadian Junior A's, the A-Leagues. So. But for the most part, yeah, I would say it's a lot of it just has to do with um, the continued development of American hockey, um, both with the uh, development program and just uh, you're getting more players from non-traditional markets outside of the Minnesotas, the Massachusetts, the Michigans. Absolutely. Um and then uh, just before we get into start talking about wild prospects, you are now writing for NCAA.com and uh, you've also writing many other places, which hasn't changed since your move out to New York. Was that last year now? Yeah, I've been out here since uh, the end of November, 2018. Okay. Wow. Huh? Again, time flies. Yeah. yeah <laughs> um, and how has uh, NCAA.com been treating you? Pretty, uh, pretty well. You, you, I mean, you're doing more of a national kind of scope too, right? Not so hyper-focused on, on like Minnesota schools, right? It has, yeah, it's a little different. Um, I'm covering more of a uh, national level, um, looking at things uh, just kind of big picture rather than uh, after covering Minnesota, the Gophers, and just kind of the upper Midwest and the Big Ten for so many years. Um, so it's a bit of an adjustment, but certainly something that I've enjoyed. Again, the opportunity. I do um, a bracketology. I kind of just look at uh, – just where players are, um, do the, uh, been doing some, like some awards, some just kind of big picture updates and kind of looking uh, around to that level um, with NCAA.com. And then I still do some Minnesota um, stories and uh, a lot of features um, just in several other places uh, that uh, I don't know how long we have, but uh, I, I write for a lot of places. Let's go with that. <laughs> All right. We're going to take a short pause here, but we're going to get back into it. Talking about college prospects, talking about college uh, uh, players within uh, the uh, the Minnesota Wild system. We're going to take a short break with our special guest, Nate Wells from NCAA.com. You're listening to Locked On Wild. Welcome back to the show here with our special guest, Nate Wells from NCAA.com. 
mainstay among pretty much the entire Twitter sphere and blogosphere here in, in Minnesota. Um, I, you've been just on, on every other uh, radio station or uh, podcast in this area, haven't you? Yeah, I've been on a lot. Uh, I, I was thinking this year because I, uh, I knocked off USCHO um, and I was trying to come up with places that I've written that I have that uh, are have written or haven't been on. And I'm pretty much at like ESP, like the ESPN mothership or something like something sure. crazy. Like I'm, I'm really running out of places where I haven't either bit like spoken or talked to uh, prospects or college hockey or written. So it's, yeah, it's, it's getting tough. Which... All right. This is our call to action. Everyone listening to this, don't patronize ESPN anymore until they get Nate on their platform. <laughs> No, no, the people at ESPN, they're great. They're great. <laughs> <laughs> Nate, 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 Nate will say that, and we will, we will note that uh, that Nate's uh, Nate is is disagreeing with us. But uh, but we're gonna say it. We're gonna say it. ESPN put on Nate, or, or you will not be an official friend of the Lockdown Wild podcast. <laughs> but no, I mean, I have to say, like, like it's like the like mothership ESPN because I've done like smaller ESPN stuff though, like. So like that's kind of where I'm at. But like even like I've written, I was like like I've written for both the Twin Cities papers. I pretty much like I I mean like I wrote um I've written the Athletic. I've written for uh, sites that you pretty much every site that you guys have written on. Yeah right. Um, I was just, I don't know I don't know which ones you want to talk about, but yeah, it's uh, probably a short list of, yeah. of which ones you haven't been on. <laughs> All right. So since uh since he uh, Nate has been on some ESPN platforms. Uh, we will let them slide, but you are on notice. <laughs> <laughs> well, we should probably get into it here. Let's start listing off uh, some wild prospects that are in the NCAA. Um, let's lead off with, um, well, you, you kind of, we kind of talked about it pre-show, but um, uh, as well as you, you mentioned in the um, in the first segment about how uh, Minnesota has been taking a flyer on some NCAA guys to develop and and nowhere is that more apparent is, is than Sam Henches from St. Cloud State University. Yeah, Henches, um, I mean, when they drafted him, he was coming off of like an injury filled year. Um, so far he's really just proved uh why that he's been such a quality pick for the uh for the wild. If I believe he's a lot he was a well, he was a seventh round pick, right? Yeah, yes. he was. Yeah, so um, ended up playing a major role uh, with the Huskies um, as a freshman, um, and that was a I'm like a really good uh, upperclassman late in Huskies team that uh, finished. Uh, they're the number one uh, team during the regular season. They had the number one overall seed. Uh, this year is a little different. Um, stepping up, playing a bigger role. Um, Ends up finishing nearly a point per game um, with the Huskies, where they started out really slowly, struggled. Uh, they're one of the ten worst teams in college hockey at the Thanksgiving break. They're able to turn things around uh, during the second half of the season and uh, finished around 500 and a tough NCHC conference. Um, and yeah, Hentges is kind of, kind of one of those guys where they need him to kind of play well. And I think uh, in a certain way, he ends up being kind of a a bellwether of uh, that Huskies team. He's been kind of stuck in between the, uh, the paling brothers as well on that, on that roster, if I remember right. And um, do you think that he kind of helps make that line tick? Or do you think that it's, it's usually the palings that are running that line? 
it's a, it's an interesting part there you have uh <laughs> Where you, where you end up, you have people who end up playing with the, the Paleons. That's not just all three of or It's not just Ryan Paleons because he's not there anymore, obviously. But, uh, I mean, I think I think it's a kind of in a way. I, I saw um, – I was watching him play. I know he played with the Paleons. He played with uh, Easton Brodzinski for a bit. Uh, mm-hmm. It kind of seems like he's just a uh, – he's a top six regular. I don't know how much uh, St. Cloud State was able to kind of just find that uh, that rhythm of uh, those top six lines, just trying to figure out who should play with who. But uh, it was a kind of an interesting, yeah, it was kind of an interesting season on that end where, yeah, it's, it's you throw somebody into with the, the two palings. Uh, and uh, I don't know. I'm not sure. That's a good question. So definitely a player that uh, has, has, gone to the NCAA has, has had it work for him, has shown some good development. Another player is sticking with the seventh round pick uh, flyer, a local kid, uh, Nick Sweeney, who uh, plays at uh, UMD for the Bulldogs. He's uh, been back to back. Could have gone for a back to back to back championship this year. If it weren't cut short, um, Nick Sweeney. And um, you know, he's, he's been, I would say, you know, the thing about Sweeney during the championship game, like he was, he may not have scored uh, last year, but man, he was absolutely active all over the ice in that game, impacting it from other ways. Uh, what's your thoughts on Nick Sweeney? I like, I like Nick Sweeney. Um, each year, it seems that Scott Sandlin's giving him, gives him more and more uh, responsibility, and he's a player that just rises to that occasion. I think you mentioned that, like, it's uh, another local seventh-round pick. That almost feels like that's, like, the uh, – like, that, like <laughs> that's, the the, that, that's the sort of thing that, like, that, uh, that the Wild do. <sighs> feels um, like he's the token Minnesotan. Yeah, we need to throw in a Minnesotan. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, I thought I, – I think Sweeney, it certainly – as, as much as we're kind of joking about, that's certainly a thing that the uh, that the Wild do. I, I think he's rising to the occasion of being that quality uh, seventh round pick uh, who just is using that development time and getting better and better. Um, you notice him on the ice when you're paying attention. Um, it may not show up as much in the scores in the score sheet, but at the same time, he's still putting up uh, double digit goals again and. Uh, the one of the bulldog strengths is just is they're a tough team to play against. Mm-hmm. You don't make too many mistakes. They're very well on the um, death. Um, they're they're a very deep team. Uh, they don't rely. Uh, I mean, obviously you got Scott Brunovich, uh, one of the top D, if not the top D in the country this year. Mm-hmm. Um, but you don't rely on a single player. Um, and, uh, he's, again, you have a lot of players. I'm trying to think they have to have probably four or five guys who have uh, double digit goals and, uh, he's one of them. So he's a good weapon on a, a deep Duluth team and he keeps giving more and more responsibility. And that's exactly kind of what you want to see from those, uh, seventh round guys. In the absence of like really good, uh, college hockey advanced stats or anything like that. One thing I like to pay a lot of attention to with college players is how much they shoot. Uh, just uh, with uh, uh, just uh, just as as a proxy for how involved they get in the offense. And I know Sweeney is a bit older, so maybe you you know maybe you weigh that into account a little bit. But still, he was fourth in the country in shots per game with four point five two this year. Yeah, you hit the nail on the head. Those are the two things I always like to look at. Um, 
where it, it's shots, it, it, it's shots and goal per game, um, both for team and just individuals, and kind of trying to put in the context of this player is a maybe a 24 year old senior versus this player is putting up these numbers and he's maybe a 19 year old freshman. Um, it is always a little tough because each rink uh, maybe does things a little differently, but it's still for the most part it gives you a good picture there. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, yeah, that's uh, that's something that like impressed me with Luke Cunning when he was coming up. That's something that impressed me when uh, when I looked back at uh, at Jason Zucker's career when I first started digging into uh, what wild prospects uh, have had in uh, in terms of shots per game. Why I just just a salute to Jason Zucker who was an absolute freak in college. Yeah, he's one of those guys. I remember, um, and you and you get a kick out of this back in our uh, the first round bus days. <laughs> um, I remember doing a post, um, the Dan and I doing a post with the Jason Zucker and looking just at guys who were like at age eighteen had like a point per game in the WCHA, and like the list was like Vanek, Kessel, Parise, Taze. Um, I think Jordan Schroeder might have been on that list. Like it's very like it's like it's like the. Uh, one of these guys is not like the other. <laughs> well, like it's a very, it was like a very slim list. Uh, and he, he might've been like the only like non like first round pick of that like group. It's mm-hmm. uh it's, it's a bunch of hall of famers and then it's George. Schrader. Yeah. yeah. All right. So we got plenty more to get into with Nate Wells from NCAA.com. We're going to take another quick pause here. And on the other side, we'll get into more of your wild college prospects. You're listening to locked on wild. And we're back here on Locked on Wild with Nate Wells. And Tony is here as well. Uh, We want to shift our focus from uh, kind of Minnesota players here in in the NCHC uh, and go towards Hockey East. We've got a trio of wild players um, that have been drafted recently. And uh, none other than where does that start is uh, out in Boston College with Matt Boley, the uh, former first-round pick of Minnesota and uh, you know, the, the last pick last first round pick of the, the Paul Fenton era, uh, Matt Boldy, uh, an interesting pick, uh, seems to have gotten quite a bit of uh flack, I guess, early in the season when he wasn't producing and when he was taken over Cole Caulfield, uh, what, uh, what have you seen from Boldy that I guess maybe you could talk some of those, uh, wild fans off the ledge. Yeah, I I like the pick at the t- I like the pick. I would have also been happy with Cole Caulfield. They're kind of in a spot where there's maybe about three or four guys where um personally like I I would have been really happy with whoever they took. Um I understood the Boldy pick. Um he's still I um it didn't help where you kind of compare him to Cole Caulfield, the player who got to a, a really really fast start. Um but Honestly, I still was impressed. I was impressed with Boldy's freshman season. He ended up playing the bulk of it on a line, an all freshman line, with him and Alex Newhook, who probably, if he hasn't ended up being the national freshman of the year, he's likely going to. Mm-hmm. And uh, Mike Hardman, um, BC entering the season really struggled. They were getting these. They still had these high end players coming in. They were starting to put things together. Uh, they missed the tournament three years in a row, and. Uh, he was part of a group that helped kind of turn BC around uh, uh, before the season um, came to an abrupt end. Uh, they're pretty much a top five team for most of the year. Uh, a solid offense. Um, you look at the stats and even just watch when you're watching Boldy play, 
Um, it's he's he's making an impact and didn't really kind of show up in the stats um, until he got to about the second half. Um, but he's still a guy. He's shooting. He's shooting a lot, uh, creating opportunities uh, for his line mates. He's been put into uh, big situations um, as a uh, as an 18 year old uh, just outside of his draft year freshman. Um, and I honestly, I was I was impressed with uh, with Boldy. Um, even though, I mean, and probably let's be honest, this is kind of true wild fashion where you're going to get you get overshadowed by your line mate who's national for, uh, player of the year, but also in that stretch of uh, first round players uh, with uh, with Caulfield, and then you have uh, the uh, the goal scorer uh, in the uh, playing for Wisconsin. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then Spencer Knight as well, like that that I, that yeah. really feels like yeah, at least in the first year that that was just a fantastic draft. Um, but. Yeah. Um, but uh sorry, three, two, one. But taking it back to Boldy, I, I actually got to watch a few of the games uh primarily around the bean pot time. Uh on TV, of course, not in person. Uh where uh where, you know, I, I made sure to pay pretty close attention to Boldy and what I liked about him is that uh, you know, those were games where, you know, he was creating chances for himself and of course he, you know, picked up the offense late in the year, but uh I was just as impressed with how many of the, I guess, little things he did as well. Like, in addition to, you know, his offensive production, he was somebody who would win board battles and keep plays alive in the offensive zone. And I I found that to be, you know, not as impressive as the torrent of offense. But, uh, but, you know, like, this isn't a guy who's uh, who's a one-dimensional guy either. Oh, I, I agree 100%. Yeah, he is, uh, and I. It, it's one of those uh, bad hockey cliches. But he's a two hundred foot player, and just yeah, you, you notice him on the ice when you're watching. It may not show up in his stats, and it kind of start. And that said, it it sort of did a little bit by the end of the season, where uh, it kind of seemed like all that work was coming together and it was starting to pay off. Um, it's something I think he had probably at some point something like eleven or so of his last fourteen. Um, but yeah, it's uh, he 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 worked on things. He was certainly a much more complete player than um, some of the other uh, tie here, um, uh, high heralded uh, top tier uh, uh, freshman. Mm-hmm. Sure. One thing about Boldy um, that I've kind of tried to perpetuate is maybe that just the jump to to the NCAA was. Is, is tough to, uh, to adjust to. And um, maybe I'm completely wrong with it, but do you maybe have a, th- a running theory as why Boldy had a, an issue at the beginning of the season? It, it's always a big adjustment to college hockey. Um, if you, and that's said as, as a, as a 20 year old freshman, even more so as a, as an 18, um, there's a few players who are draft eligible this year and it's even more, where they're essentially high school seniors playing against uh, 20, 23, 24 year olds. Um, and it always, it takes some, it takes people time to kind of adjust to the speed and the physicality of the games. A lot of times um, you have players who have been the best players on their team um, growing up and continuing uh, to be the best players are thrown into new roles or just what worked in uh, juniors in the USHL or with the development team in Boldy's case uh, does not at the college level. Um, it's kind of the same microcosm you see with players uh, when the 
go from college to the pros or even the AHL to the NHL. Uh, it's just a faster, uh, more physical game. Uh, one thing that I, I thought of when uh, when I was first having Matt Boldy put on my radar, you know, just like looking ahead to the draft around this time last year, you know, once Minnesota, we knew where Minnesota was going to pick and such. Um, what kind of, what I, the comparison that I made just in terms of like reading the scouting reports and stuff was like, oh, you know, Boldy sounds a lot like maybe a left shot Alex Tuck. I don't know what you think of that. Do you think that that is a good comparison, a fair comparison? And if not, like, is there uh, an NHL player that he reminds you of? You know, it's funny because it's, uh, I mean, it's, it's two different general managers, but yeah, I kind of see the Alex Tuck comparison. Um, uh, Jerry York has a certain, I mean, Jerry York has a certain style of players that he loves to recruit. Um, and you can kind of look and fit in that Matt Boldy is, uh, that player. I mean, this is Alex Tuck, where you have a guy who has speed, who, 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 who can be offensive, but, uh, plays a, uh, plays a complete game, does those little things, um, use their speed, creates opportunities. Um, so yeah, it's in a way, yeah, I would say, uh, that, that would be, that would be a good comparison. Um, I'm kind of blanking right now at the moment of a good, uh, NHL or just to compare. I'm never really good at those one-on-ones, but yeah, I mean, just that style the BC style, he's a player that fits in really well. Well, okay. What, uh, what ask, is there like an aspect of, his game that like really stands out for you that it's like, this is going to be his bread and butter when he gets to the NHL. I mean, I think it's maybe we're going to see you maybe another year or so, but um, if he's going to get, get a little bit more opportunity in the offense, but just maybe a bit more of like a playmaker, just some of those guys who you can slot him in. You can be that, uh, you can kind of slot him in wherever you need him to be. Um, he plays well with top players. He makes, uh, he makes them better. Um, you need you need to have those on your team, mm-hmm. um, and is able to contribute uh, themselves. All right, I think we'll take another break here, and then we'll get into on part two of our conversation with Nate Wells uh, from NCAA.com. Uh, more of the uh, the Boston College Eagles players for the Minnesota Wild, as well as maybe sprinkling a few other ones that are at the uh, college level, just to get uh, kind of a wrap up on their seasons. So stick around for part two. You're listening to Locked on Wild. Make sure to check us out every Monday through Friday to stay on top of everything revolving around your team every day. <laughs> 